TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to the kingpin, Brian Malonis, right here, Ring of Honor superstar. Mr. Malonis, thank you for coming on the program. We truly appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, making some uh, inroads into into Milwaukee now with my, my new tag team partner, so it's uh, very cool to be on. appreciate it. Yeah, maybe you can get up here and come up to Bruce City Wrestling. That'd be awesome to see you up here. You and the Bruiser in the ring, uh, right up right up and close for us. That'd be awesome. And drink a couple beers, some Milwaukee I, beers. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I heard the I heard the beer's pretty good up there, huh? We got it. We got a few. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, up there, you I got guess a couple I'm, with I might the be Bruiser. further north than you guys. I'm in New Hampshire, so I, I might be ah. might be further north than you. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. It depends, doesn't that that uh, latitude curves a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. It's cold as hell there, and it's cold as hell here. So, <laughs> oh, how's the snow situation up there? Because we got about four or five inches the other day. We we haven't. Uh, well, we got some last week, but it's like we've been in this weird. Like it was frigid temperatures, and we got like a snowstorm, and then it warmed up and melted. Then we got another snowstorm, and then we've been getting just ice storms the last couple of days. So it's just you know, in between a couple like fifty degree days. So it's you know, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that it's going to be fifty here. Uh, well, actually, it's going to be. It was fifty today. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Because that's short weather, man. Little, right little, little secret, folks. We're recording ahead of time. <laughs> hey, man, you can't break kayfabe. Kayfabe, brother. I just broke the. I just broke the fourth wall. What are you going to do? It, we're still. It's still Friday, y'all. We're just an hour ahead of y'all because of uh, uh, daylight savings. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the flux. Yeah, we got a flux capacitor. Now we travel like back to the future. All right, let's get back to our guest here. We got the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Let's start. Let's start earlier on. You're in high school. Big sports guy or no? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, basketball, football, baseball. So you're in high school. You're thinking I'm gonna be a pro basketball player. I'm gonna be a pro football player. Or were you thinking, you know what? I love sports, but I can't wait to become a professional. <laughs> I, I was. I always wanted to be a baseball player. Baseball was my first love. You know, but somewhere around like sophomore year, realized like, yeah, it's probably not on the cards for me, especially growing up in New Hampshire. You know, uh, not a lot of pro baseball players coming out of New Hampshire. So, uh, but I've always loved wrestling since I since I was really young, and uh, I had a buddy who actually got into it a little before me. Uh, we were both in high school still, um, and I, I, I mean, I was a I was a guy. I, I didn't know anything existed outside of WWE and and you know WCW until. I was probably junior high when I became aware of like independent wrestling. So before that, though, I had I had no clue there was a world out there outside of those. Who were, you, who were your guys? 
Go, go ahead, Platinum. I, I, I apologize, PC. It's just this is cool, man. I don't think I've ever had the pri- the privilege and pleasure of speaking and conversing with somebody from New Hampshire. So I, I just got to ask, New Hampshire, man, what, what was that like? I, I, I imagine a lot of drugs, a lot of snow. Am I, am I off there, Brian? Or- <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe for others, not on the drugs, not for me, but certainly a lot of a lot of snow. Uh, yeah, a lot of cold weather, a lot of, and I, and I hate, it's funny, I grew, I grew up in cold weather, and I hate it, I hate the snow, I hate the cold, uh, once it gets cold around here, I, I hibernate, and I've been like that since I was a kid, <laughs> and you know, it's like, football, high school football season ended in, in November, and I didn't go about outside again until March when it was baseball season. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, I like it. Who were, who were your guys growing up? You said WWE fan, WCW uh, uh, Hulk Hogan, man. Hulk Hogan was, yeah. yeah. The, I was a Hulkamaniac, uh, you know, for, right from the start. And I mean, other guys, I mean, I love Savage too, Roddy Piper, but uh, Hulk Hogan was my guy. Uh, I, th- I yeah, think I, I, it's funny, I joke, he's still somebody who, I said there's two people on the planet who I'd still be uh, starstruck meeting. And uh, one, one, of them, one of them is Hulk Hogan, the other is Roger Clemens. Um, but nice. I think those are, those are my childhood idols. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I'm... W- I- Clemens and Pedro. Pedro Martinez was my guy. I was a pitcher, so that was that was my thing back then. But anyway, talking about you, you're going uh, you're going through. You debuted in 2001. So what was the time difference between when you finished school and then started training again? Was it you're done with high school and I'm going to get right into this wrestling thing? Uh, it was about about a year. So I graduated in like June of 2000. I started. Um, I started training in November of 2001, so a little over a year after I graduated high school. Um, you know, went to college for a little bit, and I, I just wasn't ready for it at that point. I knew I wanted to wrestle, um, so I had, a, like I said, I had a buddy who was who was into it, and um, you know, he had been going to to Killer Kowalski's. Um, the trainer from there actually left and opened uh, his own school, and we followed there. And then Kowalski soon came over. Um, to that to that school but um yeah it wasn't too long afterwards i was you know i was it was actually the day before my 20th birthday when i uh when i started wrestling so so give me a little bit you killer kowalski i mean that's legend in the business give us give me give me a little insight as to what was he like as a <laughs> trainer and what did what did he what did he put you through yeah i mean he, he was older obviously um you know by the time you know he was by the time I started training, you know, Walter was, you know, in his in his, you know, late sixties at, at least. So he had slowed down quite a bit. Uh, not so much hands on in the ring. Um, the great thing with Walter, though, was just the stories. The man was a living, breathing uh, history book of professional wrestling, and um, I was fortunate enough to to really, you know, have a close bond with him once he came over. Uh, fun story, um, boy. Uh, new 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 NXT. Uh, Announce the Warbeard Hanson, who's one of my best friends. Uh, we we traveled up to Quebec City uh, with Walter Kowalski and, and his wife, and uh, some some terrible show. Uh, the guy stiffed us on money, made up some story about uh, about the cash box going missing, and and the thing that sticks in my mind though was um, was Walter just making sure all of us got got paid and got taken care of and not worrying about himself and that that's just the type of guy he was but funny guy prankster love love dirty jokes and fart jokes and um just but just an amazing like i said living breathing history book of professional wrestling and i just um so fortunate to spend so much time with him and um you know 
one of the one of the things I'll always cherish uh, long after I'm I'm done with wrestling. What's the best piece of advice that he gave you? Uh, you know, it, it, it's simple, but it's make the people notice you. Um, you know, and he he lived by that. Uh, you know, just and, and it's so it's so simple, but at the same time, it's brilliant. I mean, in professional wrestling, that's that's what you need to do. Make the people notice you. You want eyes on you. You need to be the person that stands out. Um, and it's something he he lived by. And I, I look at I look at Walter. He was a guy who was so far ahead of his time. Uh, his promo ability, uh, how crazy he was in the ring. Uh, he's somebody who could have made it made money in any era, no matter what era of wrestling he you know he performed in. That's a great point. Uh, truly, truly a great point right there. So you get through training. Where do you start cutting your teeth as you're as you're making your debuts and getting you know trying to not be so green anymore? Where yeah. you, where to you know who you hooking up with who you working with in your early days yeah i mean there was a lot of little local places around new england but the main promotion was uh chaotic wrestling which they also were affiliated uh you know with the school um at the time uh when i i i probably i probably didn't get matches there till like you know maybe a year year and a half after i started actually training and uh starting the same week with me was todd sinclair who's a senior official for uh, Ring of Honor. We literally started the same like the same week in wrestling school together, um, and he had taken over the booking of Chaotic Wrestling with another friend of ours, um, who actually uh, passed away this year. Um, but they but they gave me my first opportunity with with Chaotic Wrestling. Um, so I mean, especially early on in my career, that's where I you know spent the majority of of my time. Um, you know, some of the better guys there at that point when I first started was. Uh, Aaron Stevens, who was Damian Sandow in WWE, uh, John Walters, who was uh, an original like Ring of Honor guy, um, another guy uh, didn't make it nationally, but was really good local professional wrestler, uh, Luis Ortiz, um, and they were all guys who really helped helped me, um, you know, learn while I was while I was getting on shows, and they were the guys to learn from, and just the veterans of the locker room. It's it's nice to have those guys that aren't as well known, but know their stuff and uh, allow you to you know learn from them and, and uh, progress in, inside the business as you move around and experience new things. What were some of your worst travel stories, though? Can you give me a one bad travel story from early on? Because it's always early on when you don't have any money and you got to ride with this guy you don't know or something like that. So, is there anything that comes to mind that you can actually tell us? You don't have to use names. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, one good one is. Mind, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got two for you. One, one, I, I'll, I'll give you names on all of them. One of them's a, a guy you'll, you'll, you've never heard of and never will hear of, and the other, other one will have a guy that you know pretty well. Um, but the first one, it was my first trip outside of New England. Uh, I was going down to Jersey, and um, man, I had, I had a piece of crap car. Um, so I thought I was meeting this guy, and we were traveling in his car. And no, he wanted to go in my my Ford Taurus that had you know, hundred and sixty thousand miles on it, and you know just a real piece of crap. So I was like, okay, I was a little nervous about it making to Jersey and back. But uh, you know, we get in the car. His name is, his name is Vince Vicalo, uh, local guy, um, and we're not ten minutes into the drive, and he cracks a beer in my front seat. Yeah. You know? like, That's why he wanted you to drive. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why he wanted me to drive. So I'm. You know, I don't. You caught in that awkward position of like, man, I don't want to get pulled over, or get in trouble, but 
this dude's like a veteran in the locker room and and one of the top guys at chaotic and like so i just let him drink i let him drink so then on the way back uh he polished off his last one like you know like pretty early on into the trip <laughs> back home and then we sweetie lost two hours trying to find either a store or a bar where he could get more beer oh my god so we got home like like so we got home, I think I got home at like like seven or eight in the morning you know because a lot of it was just been like looking for a beer and I'm like we were only like four and a half five hours from this show so it wasn't like a crazy um you know, long drive, but ridiculous. And then um, another trip. I used to go down to Delaware a lot for a promotion called ECWA. Um, they uh, they most famously put on the Super Eight tournament um, every year. And uh, I went with a, a referee. He's actually my podcast partner, um, and but he's a referee around here, Mike Crockett and Tommaso Champa from NXT. Ah, we we you know he from was, Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. lives in Milwaukee. Now. Well, I guess he lives in Orlando, but it has a house in Milwaukee. And uh, so we were driving down, uh, drove down to this show together. Uh, ironically, on the way down, not ironically, but uh, we we drove down the night before. We stayed at Gary Michael Capetta's house, <laughs> which there you was go. always an experience. And we went to the show. <laughs> we're going to drive back the night after. And we're somewhere in Connecticut when my car just breaks down. This is like three in the morning, I'm talking here. So, like, no, you know, I, and I had I had AAA, but like I had like the crappy AAA, so like only <laughs> like ten miles or whatever, you know. So I had to wait till morning. So this is like three in the morning. We had to wait till like seven or eight in the morning. We were in a McDonald's parking lot, just freezing, cold, <laughs> like shivering, delirious, like it's too cold to even sleep. Uh, spend all day uh, trying to get the car fixed. Finally, and I'm you know I don't have any money at this point. I'm like you know I had a credit card. I had to put the yeah, I had to put it on a credit card just to just to get the damn car home, and my trainer, um, the head trainer at the school, uh, Killer Kowalski School, is a guy by the name of Mike Hollow, who is a fantastic trainer. And uh, we get back, and he goes, "Well, it was a real learning experience." And I'm just thinking, like, what the hell did I learn from this? I froze my ass off in a broken down car all night. You learned you need a better AAA. <laughs> you also learned to keep a comforter in the trunk, you know. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, yeah, both. No, you talk the first couple of years. <laughs> you talk about chaotic wrestling. G- give us a little bit of insight into that, and I know you've held uh, multiple titles there, multiple time champion. G- can you give us a little in- insight into that promotion? Yeah, I mean, chaotic is. Um... It's funny. Um, so many guys have come out or come through um, chaotic wrestling. Um, I've been there since 2001. I went there because of the, the trainer, and then ultimately uh, Killer Kowalski came over. But um, you're talking about a place that has produced guys like Kofi Kingston, Tommaso Ciampa, Damian uh, Sandow, um, Todd Sinclair, Warbeard Hansen, uh, you know, Sasha Banks, Oni Lorcan. Um, Donovan Dijak. Um, so I mean, this rich, school... rich history. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's funny when I first started. Where did he wrestle? Like, yeah, there was nobody who came out of this. Like Triple H and Perry Saturn were like the only guys who came out of this area and did anything. And now there's so many guys that um, that I that I trained with. I mean, um, 
my group of friends it's funny we were and we were at Kofi's wedding but my group of friends is like coming up together it was it was Warbeard Hansen Tommaso Ciampa Kofi Kingston and a guy named Max Bauer um who was uh Mickey Keegan in NXT for a short short period of time but like you know so I mean just to have be around that much talent and there's other guys too that didn't really make a national name for themselves that were so talented that had opportunities and tryouts with WWE so um just been lucky to be surrounded by a bunch of just great talent um you know the New England area has been crazy the last 10 10 or so years Shout out to former USWA champion Rich History. Uh, so you know, shout out to him. Y'all should, uh, <laughs> y'all should Wikipedia him if you're not familiar. Get it's a yourselves legend, familiar. legend in the business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, I, I want to get a little insider baseball here just for a hot second, man. And I want you to talk to us a little bit, us nerds, a little bit about some of the differences between, uh, or some of the differences that you encounter wrestling on television. What are some of the things that you have to do differently? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing is. You're not playing to. I mean, when you're on an indie show, you're playing. And, I, and, I, and I'm still a novice here. I mean, I've only had a handful of uh, television matches for Ring of Honor. But uh, the biggest difference is just you're when you're in a small, intimate environment, 200, 300, 400 people. You're you're playing to that audience. You're playing to the people in the crowd. You're playing to the first, second, third row. When you're when you're playing to uh, or having a television match, you're, you're playing to the camera because there's way more people in the camera than there is than there is in the audience. And not that you don't want active audience participation because you obviously want that f- to p- be picked up on camera but you really need to pay attention to the cameras you really need to uh, everything you do needs to be geared towards thinking like how is this going to look on on uh, tv and not so much like how's it going to look for you know the people in, in the in the audience before we get to t- talking about ring of honor i know you got the podcast why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that yeah, we, uh, you know, I, I started with my buddy. Um, I, you know, we had, we had a, a couple of buddies of mine started up a website, and they were looking for a wrestling podcast. And, uh, I, I, you know, I knew I couldn't do it alone. I think they were looking for me to do it alone. I knew I couldn't do it alone. Uh, and, and Mike Crockett, who I said, who is a fantastic referee, um, you know, we're, we're good buddies, and we had worked together in, in our real jobs for years. And we just have this relationship where it's, where we rip on each other, and if you if you were around us, like in real life, you would think like, man, these guys hate each other, you know. And we get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. We're we're like if you send someone a transcript of your conversations, they would think you're mortal enemies and not best <laughs> yeah. friends. And that's we just thought, you know. And I and so I, I I approached him about like, and he was thinking about doing a podcast. Or he wanted to get into podcasting, and I just thought um, he would be perfect to, you know, to to keep me. You know, keep me in line, keep me, keep me on track, and, and we just have a real, you know, real good, fun chemistry. Uh, we're called the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, or the WPAN for short, and we really are. It's we don't we don't focus on any one aspect of wrestling or the wrestling business. It's we have interviews, we talk about old wrestling, we talk about current wrestling, we talk about um, you know, we talk about a lot of insider type things. We've talked about, I think the, my favorite episode we've ever done is the both of us have just done countless extra work for wwe so some of those like fun stories that we've had from just years and years of doing that so really it's all right you can't yeah. you got to give us one short one no <laughs> all right <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you I'll, yeah i'll give you guys the uh, the the real the real good one um so is that was that tv uh was that it was this was in 
uh, somewhere in Jersey. I want to say like Newark, New Jersey, or someplace like that. And um, I was there. Oni Lorcan was there, was there with me, and um, some other guys that you know. I'll, for this one, I'll protect the names. <laughs> That's fine. At least, at least of the guilty. Um, so we're all standing by the ring, and there's like six or eight of us, uh, and this one guy. Um, you know, who'd been there a bunch, older guy, comes up to us and goes, hey, uh, we're all just standing by the ring, and, and, like, the WWE guys are working out in the ring. And he goes, hey, let's exchange some basic wrestling holds, uh, you know, so we show them we're, we're here for more than the catering, even though we, we know that's what we're really here for, you know, like the wink, wink, nod, <laughs> nod sort of baloney. So he grabs this other, like, smaller kid, and they start doing that, and... Uh, one of the guys who's with us, his name's Chase Del Monte. Um, he's a local guy here, and another guy—I don't know—I don't know the guy's other guy's name. He was with. They start doing it, and I look at uh, Oni Lorcan, and I go, "We're not doing that." And he goes, "What?" I go, "We're not doing that." Start to slide down. So we slid down the barricade. So uh, my buddy Chase comes over to me and goes, "Hey, you, you're not going to do this?" And I said, "No, that's ridiculous. I'm not wrestling on the floor." That's that's insane. And he goes, oh, well, you know, so-and-so has been here a bunch. I said, so-and-so has been here a bunch and never gotten a job. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, touche. So he, now him and the other guy stop. And these other two guys, it's a big guy, too. He's big. He's like six four, six five, like two, probably 240 pounds with this little, with this little guy who's like probably like 180 pounds. And they just start having like this crazy match, like, bumping on the floor, like up and overs on the floor, like all just this crazy stuff, like dripping sweat. So like everybody's watching them now. Like everybody's standing around. Like all the WWE guys, the agents, everybody just watching this going on. And Arn Anderson looks at the group of us that aren't doing it and like gives a like gives us like the signal of like, you know, wrapping a rope around his neck and pulling it. <laughs> so so then so this gets it's Funny thing, it actually gets better. So there, this the smaller kid gets a spot on the show as like they did some sort of spot where they needed somebody to be a janitor. So he got a spot as a janitor. So now he's like joking around with the guys, like he's their best friend in the world. So we're just backstage watching by a monitor, and Mike Kyoto walks by and bumps into this kid, and this kid goes, "Hey, watch where you're going." And Mike Kyoto goes, "What?" He goes, "Hey, watch where you're going." Like la now he's laughing because he thinks, "Hey, he's one of the guys now." So Kyoto pushes him as hard as he can and tells him if he's not gone by the time he gets back, he's going to kick his ass. So. <laughs> That's great. That is an awesome story. Thank you so day. much, sir. Yeah, the most eventful oh. day I've ever had in extra, as, doing extra work for WWE. That is and, freaking and awesome. Speaking of ropes, shout out to David Carradine, by the way, but, we're just, but I digress. Uh, Brian, you seem like the, the nicest, sweetest guy in the world, man. But I, I have to ask, because this is the professional wrestling business, uh, talk to us about a time that, or or whom, or somebody rather, that just totally just pissed you off and you lost it and, and then they just took you to 10. <laughs> man, um, there was this guy who I trained with. He's, he, I mean, it's not even worth mentioning his name because he was never anybody and never did anything. Um I just trained at our school. He was a real, real attitude. Had some talent, but just wasted it. Just completely pissed it away. And uh, I had started to do like some of the training at the school at the time. And he just, just, just kept like adding his two cents in and contradicting me. And I said, "Hey, let's go talk on the side." 
And I just started <laughs> screaming. And it was the stupidest thing in the world to pull him aside because everybody in the it wasn't a big building. Everybody in the building could hear us. <laughs> like, and I just put one side him down the other. But yeah, I've been lucky. I don't have a lot of guys like I I, I hate. There's probably two people I ever hate, and they were people I encountered early on and were nobodies. And and that that's the one thing you find in this business. Not that not that there are, there aren't jerks that succeed, but. You know, a lot of times with that stuff, they just filter themselves right out, you know. Um, even the guys who are, you know, maybe not the best guys in the world have some sort of savvy or able to, you know, I don't want to say manipulate, but, you know. You know what? The only work in wrestling isn't in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, you got you to gotta navigate. You got to play the game. Um I get it. <laughs> I didn't even mean it that way, but you got it. <laughs> That's all right. Nice. Hey, who, play, who played the game better than him, quite frankly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's navigating, you know, the outside the ring, too. So, you know, um, but a lot of those guys that are really, that can't control themselves, just weed themselves out. You don't even have to kick them out. They just go away. Well, let me sure. take let me take you the opposite way then, because he's, he's, you know, a lot of great talent has come through chaotic wrestling, like you said, so... Who that you went up against was like your favorite guy to wrestle with? Who who did you have like really good chemistry with in the ring? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Uh, I mean, Warbeard Hansen. Uh, he's the guy I've wrestled the most. We came up together. We got paired together a lot because usually we're the two biggest guys on shows. Um... I, you know, I joke. Um, it's probably not a joke, though. We could probably just get in the ring, not say a word beforehand, not say a word in the ring, and 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 put on a good match because we know each other so well. Um, you know, him and then uh, another guy, a local guy who was he was in the top prospect tournament for Ring of Honor. A guy by the name of Brian Fury was another guy. I just had fantastic chemistry with. Um, you know, just it, it's funny how you just click with some guys. Um, and those two in particular, especially, are just guys I just really, you know, in the ring, just we were always on the same page, and it always it always was good. Talk to me about being in Ring of Honor now. You're you're uh, you're you're doing TV tapings, pay per views, everything. You're there. You're you you got a, a familiar partner, uh, a, a familiar <laughs> person to us. Is, is you're teaming up with now? Uh, talk to us a little bit about what you got going on over at Ring of Honor because. I'm really glad to see you on television over there. I enjoyed uh, your work. Thank you, man. You know, I, it's um, you know, it's funny about probably about you know, my daughter was born. I bought her, my daughter's six now. I kind of really started to to pull back on wrestling. You know, maybe thinking that um, you know, I'll just be a local guy and that'll be the end of it. And um, 
you know, now a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, I really, you know, just, hey, you know, what are you doing? You're wasting this this chance. So I got myself uh, into a tryout there, uh, one of their tryout camps, and, and got the opportunity in the, the top prospect tournament. And, um, you know, thankfully there, somebody somebody likes me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, you know I, I've, but I, it's, just, it's just going in, working hard, doing whatever's asked of me. Um, and waiting for my opportunity, and, and now and now it's 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 come and it's there, and um, it's one of those things like I, you know they're going to have to pry the you know pry it pry it away from me at this point, and I, I think I'm just lucky where you know, I, I did some I did the top prospect, and I did a couple other um, you know TV matches, you know kind of just waiting for an opportunity, and this this tag team with Bruiser, um, you know it. it it's just a great opportunity. Him and him and Silas are are two guys that are uh, two. You know, they're 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 already established there. Um, so to be able to just come in and be with them, it's instant credibility. Um, and you couldn't ask for two better better performers or better guys to uh, to be with. Already have, have helped me. Um, you know, so much just start to get acclimated and. Um, yeah, I, I know I've known a bunch of the guys there, anyways. You know, so that that helps a lot, but. Um, just, I, I just feel lucky. I just feel very uh, grateful and lucky to have to have that opportunity, especially this late in my career. You know, 16 years in, um, to to, I, I was really WWE hyper WWE centric and focused on trying to make it there um, the whole time. I never really tried anywhere else. Um, and and it's funny this business you start to define your self worth sometimes on what WWE tells you, you know, yes or no, and it was a lot of no's. Um, but to, to finally get that opportunity and finally for somebody to say yes, uh, and to be able to perform on an international stage in front of so many people, um, it's, it's awesome. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, I can't say enough good things about ring of honor and how appreciative I am to be there. And, you know, ring of honor was, you know, is, is no, is, is nothing to, you know, feel bad about or anything. I mean, they're, they're huge around, and like you said, international with their deal with new Japan and everything. That is an awesome place to be. And they've got incredible talent and, you know, they are moving up in the world. And, you know, what do you think about, uh, maybe a six man tag team titles, you know, you and the bruiser <laughs> and Silas Young could use some gold. Well, let me hold, hold on. Before you answer that, that's where I was going to go because oh, right. <laughs> we that this 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 is something we could be seeing in the next couple of weeks. Here, uh, we got what do we got? Maybe some coast to coast Kenny King action going on. <laughs> well, no spoilers. No, you won't get any spoilers out of me, but I would uh, <laughs> I would keep your eyes peeled uh, to uh, uh, to Ring of Honor Television. Uh, you'll definitely see me and Bruiser together, and uh, where where you find Bruiser and Malonis, you're probably going to find Silas Young too. But uh, yeah, Silas though Silas is the television champion, so uh, right. I don't know if you know I don't know if he needs or wants any more gold at this point. But I know right now me and Bruiser are focused on uh, some maybe some world uh, world tag team championships. I was gonna say around our waist, but probably more accurately over our shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, however you need to wear them, done. You gotta get. We gotta have it. Sponsors, the baddest sponsors in the bar, right? There you go. <laughs> You're gonna have to move to Milwaukee so you can be all all three of you can be Milwaukee's worst. No, I hope. I mean, I, and I really hope to get. If out you're there. gonna move, move somewhere warmer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about here, but I'm, I'm really hoping that you know I get some opportunities to come and uh, do some different stuff with Bruiser. Like I said, we it's funny. We you know um, 
I think we have a fast chemistry already together as a team and um, a fast chemistry together outside the ring too. Just real easy to talk to when we get along. We have a lot of similar interests, uh, you know, a lot of similar thoughts and, and, and everything. So I think it's been a, uh, I think it's going to be something, you know, real special and, and, and just, uh, you know, and like you said, Ring of Honor is on fire right now, man. Um, Amen. Uh, Cody Rhodes has rewritten the book for guys who leave WWE and um, has really just shown like, not only is there life after WWE, but you can flourish and peak after your days in WWE. And, uh, with, you know, really that wave of, of, of the bullet club and the young bucks and, um, man, ring of honor is something, it's a special place to be right now, especially, um, you know, this, this past weekend in Nashville to be at the municipal auditorium to see how many people were there to see that set up. Um, man, it, it, it's building, and it's building fast and um it's real fun to be there right now and i i'm excited to see where the company goes because i think it's i think it's going one place it's it's funny you always think you always equate the wrestling business and the boom periods with how business and wwe is but it's really been from underneath it's really been from from underneath wwe that there's been kind of a resurgence of of professional wrestling I tell you what, we have to have you back on the show. We got to talk to you again. You are fantastic to talk to. I, anybody who's listening to this podcast is definitely enjoying themselves. DP has one more question for you. I'm sure Platt does too. You guys, go ahead, hurry up and hit him with his questions before he stops liking us. Go ahead, DP. I think he's going to like this one because I got a, I got a suggestion. We have, I mean, you're tagging with the Beer City Bruiser, and he's got the Beer City Brew. I'm thinking the New Hampshire Milanus Lager needs to come out. <laughs> something like that i don't know we'll see if these endorsement deals can, can come right maybe it'll be an ipa of some sort right there you go speaking of pc tunny's heart there <laughs> i love IPAs. i think you both, you both need a keg to carry though did you get your hops hop hop slams out by bells did you get your hop slam <laughs> no i mean we're working on we, I, i'll tell you guys you wait till you see us on tv together and some of the things that we got planned and uh we haven't done yet but we got in the works i think i think you know, uh, I think we're going to redefine what people think of, 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 you know, super heavyweights. Go ahead, Platt. Give them the last question of the evening. I, I got to ask, brother, as a fellow bearded brother in arms, what do you use as conditioner, man? How do you keep that beard uh, soft and silky? <laughs> Just some good old-fashioned head and shoulders, man. <laughs> All right. Bring the bell, DP. <laughs> It's like chin and shoulders, chin and shoulders. I know, right? No, man, I, 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 I've always loved the anvil's uh, style, oh. and uh, I would love to grow a full beard, but uh, I, I'm not blessed when it comes to the facial hair. Other than right here, I can I can grow this. That's about it. <laughs> hey, might I stick with little, what works. Uh, might I suggest a little tea tree oil, man? It it does wonders. <laughs> does it help shape it a little bit? Well, it, it helps you to manage it a little better, man. A little tea tree oil, a little uh, peppermint oil, and some olive oil. Goodness, that's, that's quite a tip there. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to try it, uh, especially right before I go out, try to control it a little more. I always wet it down right before I go out and always playing with it. Uh, very Anvil-like. I love – this is another one of my favorites, Jim the Anvil Nightheart. So the look inspired by the Anvil. Nice. Trust you me, could, man. You could use that the, the tea tree oil to the eyes, right? <laughs> oh, he went to the beard nice, and used the tea tree nice. oil. Because trust yeah, me, man. Because my hair is naturally curly, man. So if I don't do something to it, my my face hair is gonna start looking like pubic hair. So yeah, man. You give <laughs> give it a little bit of time, man. That little regimen, man. It'll help you be able to manage it a little bit and and allow you to. 
do what you want to it. You know, you know, I know it doesn't look like it because I got it all buzzed down, but believe it or not, my hair is curly as well if I let it grow out. So, nice. Uh, <laughs> <I, laughs> we appreciate. Go ahead, Platt. No, no, go ahead, man. I was just going to say, uh, we appreciate the time. I'm going to get you out of here. You know how we do it. We, we get you in. We get some good stuff going and hopefully have you back again. Tell everybody once again about your podcast and about where they can find you on social media. Yeah, man. So, yeah, the podcast is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, we drop every Monday. Check it out real easy, the WPAN.com. Uh, you can find us every single Monday. Uh, of course, we're on all, all your all your various podcatchers as well, but the easiest place is just the WPAN.com. Uh, find me on uh, Twitter, uh, at Brian Malonis. On Instagram, at Brian M. Malonis. I don't know why the hell I put my middle initial in, but they won't let me take it out now. <laughs> so, uh, I'm on Snapchat, but I don't ever post anything so uh probably a fruitless effort to find me on there uh but it's it's brian malonis on snapchat getting getting us out of here tonight can you can you cut a a, a promo on everybody in ring of honor because they, <laughs> they need to watch out because the kingpin's coming well, guys, I've been sitting back for 16 years. I've been watching a lot of people I know, a lot of people that are friends of mine come into Ring of Honor and have success. Uh, but Ring of Honor has never seen anybody like the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. I am uh, the biggest competitor to ever step foot in a Ring of Honor ring. And now that I'm with the Beer City Bruiser, I don't care if it's the Motor City Machine Guns. I don't care if it's the Briscoes. I don't care if it's the Young Bucks or the entire Bullet Club. Uh, the Beer City Bruiser and Brian Malonis are going to be Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions in 2018. And I'd like to find somebody who could stop us. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.